to That Voice in the Crowd, episode 5. Uh, I'm Chris Perry, and if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll have seen that we've had a bit of a makeover here. Um, I've been on the designing apps, uh, putting in the hours there, just trying to freshen up the look a bit. Uh, but today, we're going to talk about setbacks and sto- stoicism. Uh, we've got another guest. Uh, that guest is Vinnie Clark, and so... Vinny, how are you? Uh, yeah, not too bad, thanks. Pretty, uh, pretty chill. Enjoying some, uh, some, uh, you know, unemployed time at the moment. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, lockdown's not been too kind to me. But no, so it's what it is. Yeah, well. I mean, the last last I knew of you, you were working uh, for Amazon, delivering. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, turns out Amazon are not good to deliver for, though. Um, so I wanted out of there. Yeah. They're not, yeah, they're quite annoying because they say, oh, deliver more, but also drive quicker. And then you deliver more and drive quicker. And they're not actually, because you have a black box in the van, yeah. actually drive slower, but also deliver more. And you're like, hold on, one or the other. Yeah, exactly. When you know. um, so yeah, I uh, tried to get out of there. Thought I found myself another job, sent my CV and that in. Um, they then asked me to bring them, so I rang them. They said I could start on the 14th, yeah. and then it got to I quit Amazon the week before that, and then it got to I think kind of the 10th, yeah. and I hadn't heard back from them. So I rang them up and was like, Oh, like you haven't forgotten about me, have you? And they were like, Yeah, you can have a trial day on the 14th. Right. So I was like, Oh, well, not what you said, but okay, mm. we'll go with it. Um, yeah. Went for this trial day, which was on the Monday of that week. Um, yeah, I had the trial day, got paid for it. They said the boss would be in touch, and they got to the Thursday of that week, and the boss wasn't in touch. So I emailed oh. him. I was like, "What's going on?" And he was like, "Position has been filled. Sorry." So, oh dear. You know. oh dear. yeah, no, it's yeah. Ser- it's certainly not easy. Um, in this time, I mean, I myself have applied for probably ten plus jobs in and around Manchester. Yeah. yeah. And you know, just the size of the population here, it's impossible yeah. to get anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Moving on to what you know, we sort of talked about before. Um, the question for today is how do we bounce back? And, you know, if you read the, the description on YouTube or wherever you're listening to this, <clears throat> you know, you'll have a brief background on it. And essentially what we're going to get to with this is how do we, as, you know, young adults, you know, moving into full adulthood now, deal with setback and how we, how to be stoic through it all and, what exactly it means, the the sort of belief and value of stoicism. Um, you know, in researching this for the show, there's sort of two definitions of it. Um, you know, there's a literal definition of it's the endurance of pain or hardship. Um, and then there's also the philosoph- philosophical view, um, which was a teaching by the Greeks and the Romans um, as because Stoicism or Stoics rather are is, or is a school of thought um, one of the five schools of thoughts uh, during that era and it essentially boils down to having self-control and fortitude are the means of overcoming destructive emotions and so if we look at the literal trans not translation but meaning um it's the endurance of pain and hardship so being able to think 
literally and being able to think logically and applying that to helping us in our everyday lives. And so, you know, obviously at the moment, Vinny, we have uh, a worldwide pandemic um, Mm -hmm. and things are trying to get back to normal. um, But how have you yourself bounced back, so to speak, um, from lockdown and obviously from uh, this situation you are with employment at the moment? Yeah, so it's kind of been a bit of a weird year for me. So my yeah. idea this year was a bit of time out. I wanted to go and do some travelling. So I um, started that off pretty well. In January, I went to Sweden, way in the north. Um, you know, two metres of snow, well within the Arctic Circle, minus 20. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty mild temperature. So yeah, I went there and I was meant to be staying there until April and then going from there to Morocco. Um, so it got to kind of February, March time and COVID started causing problems and I was getting a bit worried yeah. um Morocco closed really early on so then that shut that off for me yeah um and then where I was in Sweden it was very northeast so the house that I was staying in kind of 20 meters away there was a river that river was the border between Sweden and Finland um and Finland was my nearest airport it was about an hour and a half drive into it um and they shut their border quite early on as well so then that took yeah. that airport out the next one was three hours north of where I was um but anyway, I ended up having to cut my travelling short. I ended up getting a flight back on the 23rd of March, which is the day that we went into lockdown. Yeah. Um, and kind of from there, I was pretty stuck because that was my plan out the window for this year. Yeah, um, For the next couple of years, really. Um, I spent the next month after that doing absolutely nothing, pretty much. <laughs> loads, yeah. of, loads of Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was it. I ended up getting the job working at Amazon that we mentioned. Um, it was fine, served its money, served its purpose, it was good money. Um, uh, yeah, so that was good, but again, not very enjoyable, not very rewarding. I, you know, wasn't having fun there at all. Amazon aren't good to work for. Um, it was on this like self-employed basis, which I think is the new zero-hour contract, yeah. um, which is pretty rubbish. You know, no sick pay, no holiday pay. No, just um, a means. I, yeah, I, I, I wanted to get out of there. But, I mean, it got some decent money while I was there. So yeah. you got that positive to look at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think, you know, in terms of bouncing back from lockdown, I think it was tough. Um, so, yeah, like we mentioned earlier, I'm technically unemployed at the moment. I quit Amazon because I thought I had another job, ended up not getting that other job. Um, so what I did is I started my own business, kind of. Okay, I've really? been um, doing some various work for people, people that I know, local people to me, um, doing kind of garden stuff, little bits of building, yeah. um, stuff like that. So, I mean, that for me is my bounce back from leaving a job because I thought I had another job. Yeah. It turns out they didn't give it to me in the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my how I've dealt with lockdown, and I mean it's not it's not the best. I'm surviving. I'm not thriving at the moment. Yeah. But um, yeah, we're getting there, getting there slowly. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think you know it's in a sense it is, or could certainly be, you know, quite inspiring um, to see how our generation actually handle this period of well, whether you call it downtime, I don't know. 
But, you know, like you said yourself, uh, you've set you've set up your own company now, and I'm keen to hear more about that. Um, you know, in my case, you know, I've set up this podcast, and this is perhaps something that we could see uh, become a lot more common, potentially, I think, you know, sort of the entre- entrepreneurialship of people our age really sort of has been forced to the forefront, I think, as a result of this. Um, you know, like we've said, there's the job market at the moment is few and far between so it does make sense to you know start up things ourselves and make opportunity make opportunities where there are none um you know in my sense you know I felt I was quite lucky um with lockdown I pretty much finished university for uh, first year university at that point you know I had to do maybe three online exams and that was it so it wasn't necessarily a huge hit for me and then obviously the other side of my life with athletics I just carried on training around Columpton and you know my coach was sending me sessions so in that sense all that changed for me was I moved back from Manchester to Columpton so I feel very lucky in that sense and you know I have I'm one of the last people that should be complaining about you know um, getting things done and you know, because like I said, I've not been hugely affected. Um, but obviously now we're seeing potentially a second lockdown. Um, you know, we're seeing cases spike all across the country. It's something that we've definitely felt here in Manchester. Um, I'm quite glad I'm not first year this year <laughs> because um, on the news, I'm not sure if you've seen, I'm sure some of the people listening will have seen, um, Manchester has been one of the first places that has sort of had one of these major outbreaks again. Um, and it's yeah, really, really not ideal for um, first years. We've had a couple of our halls completely shut down. You know, students haven't been allowed out for two weeks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in in their sense, this, they must be preparing, I would say, for their bounce back or at least trying to. Um, yeah. You know, I know people that have just come out sort of today in this these last couple of days that haven't you know, necessarily been outside for two weeks. And so mm-hmm. I feel like, especially in a city, that is something which is much more commonplace. But, you know, Columbus and Bradnich, where we're from, I don't feel that it was the same kind of lockdown. I really feel that there was quite a culture shift, um, at least when I came back. How did you feel about that? Yeah, so it's kind of, it was a big shock for me. I think mainly because I had just come back from a completely different place. Yeah. Um, you know, north of Sweden is so different to where I am now in a small semi-rural town in Devon. Yeah. Um, you know, and when I was for, I was in Sweden for a couple of months and I was on my own for all of that bar two weeks, mm-hmm. um, just me and some dogs. Um, so, you know, it was a big change from being completely self-reliant and, you know, it's not, it's not easy living there. It was a, it was an old house, um, powered by a wood burning heater in the basement, um, which you had to keep tending to every so often, you know, there was no one living within half an hour, 45 minutes drive of me, um, driving, you know, there was completely different to here because you're on snow, um. And it, yeah, it was hard, but it was enjoyable. But again, a massive culture change. 
Um, yeah, and also just a general lifestyle change to back here. Definitely, yeah. And so, um, you know, sort of shifting off that now, I mean, are you, are you still playing rugby at Clumpton? Yeah, so, yeah, still playing rugby. Yeah. Um, I'm also coaching now oh, for the under-15s team. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I coach on a Thursday and then I train on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And at the moment we have no games, obviously, because yeah, the RFU yeah. have said that we're not allowed to yet. Um, and I don't think there'll be any full contact games until at least January now, um, um, which is sad, but, you know, nothing we can do about it. No, um, of course not. So, yeah, it's, it's quite frustrating when the other sports are getting back, you know, football's back. Yeah. Um, you know, other sports are, have the go-ahead to do to carry on but we're not allowed to for the time being, which is quite frustrating. But yeah. are those things that you just got to get on with. Yeah, definitely. And again, that's, you know, in my in my experience, I, again, feel very lucky with that. You know, athletics being the non-contact sport that it is. I've been, I mean, the earliest I was, I competed was the start, start of August. Um, you know, and England athletics, I think with some help, have certainly push the boat out in um you know really trying to get back and trying to get things normal again um you know i suppose in terms of bouncing back within sport um the main thing we talk about there is injuries um mm-hmm. i know obviously in the past i've had some myself um uh what have i had patella tendinopathy uh in my left knee i've had a fractured foot uh, um and I've probably had little tears and niggles everywhere else on my body. Um, mm-hmm. From memory, I can't remember you necessarily having anything too major that you didn't no, so I'm, tape I'm up or brush off. I like to think I'm quite bulletproof and I'm quite good at not getting injured. Yeah. I mean, I have the odd niggle. I think in terms of major injuries I've had um, in quite a while ago now, I had a... I mean, the technical term is a something, something spinal fracture. Oh, uh, it's yeah. actually the hip socket. I kicked a ball, and as I kicked it, because of growth differences between my hip bone and my tendons, ligaments, half of the hip socket got ripped away from the other half oh, as I wow. extended my leg. Wow. Um, so that was the only major injury I've had. I haven't, you know, I, I didn't realise I did it. I thought I just pulled a muscle. Yeah. You know, I was in a lot of pain, came home white, but... I thought I'd be fine, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, turns out, you know, a couple of months after, I think probably eight weeks after I did it, went into the hospital, had some x-rays done, and they were like, oh, yeah, so you broke your hip. But it's oh. too late to do anything now because it started setting itself back in place now. Yeah, um, yeah. Be fine, yeah. And it was kind <laughs> of a just to sit out for a while until it stops hurting and then get back to it. And yeah. that's, I think that's been my only major injury I've ever had. Um which is good, and it's nice because I haven't really had to recover. Obviously, yeah, I've had the like minor, your broken finger and toe, and yeah, whatever yeah. else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for me, in terms of injury prevention, strength training I find helps build definitely build up lots of tolerance. Definitely, because you yeah. get the, you know, whereas endurance training, it's lots of lighter resistance. Yeah work but with strength training you really build up your body's tolerances and it's not just muscles it's bones and ligaments and tendons yeah, as well build up your entire body's tolerances to high stress 
yeah. um, movements. Yeah, and I mean, that's what, you know, we're about with sport. It's essentially breaking your body down um, with every training session. And I suppose the overarching thing with sport, especially in performance sport, is, you know, the person that can break their body down, recover and do that again and again and cycle that again and do it the fastest is going to be the best because yeah they're going to have the uh the best the most training um whether it's the best training or not is you know another factor um in my case i know um from the injuries i had it was essentially i mean in all honesty i handled them very poorly um you know that's down to no one else but myself but um I definitely think some better form of education uh, could be implemented within sports. Um, I don't know whether you felt it as well, uh, coming up with rugby. The pressure to keep playing through injuries or the pressure to play hurt or, you know, even if it's a slight knock or a niggle, it certainly, I mean, not for myself because I was usually on the bench, but certainly for... <laughs> Certainly for some of the better players on the teams, you know, you'd see them going in with a lot of tape on um, and, you know, occasionally, you know, taking painkillers before games and stuff. And, yeah, you know, what what's your experience of that? Have you noticed at all? Yeah, so I think in terms of rugby, it's very much a game of you get hit a lot. You know, you have to have a high pain tolerance, otherwise you'll be yeah. on the floor all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's very much a game of if you get hit and it hurts, it's probably just a knock. Yeah. And you'll be fine, get up and carry on. Yeah. Um, you know, if your lungs are falling out your ass, yeah. get up and carry on because yeah. you'll probably get a break in play in a minute and you'll be fine. Exactly. Um, so I think very rugby very much has that mentality where it's just get, get on with it. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, it's quite, it's, it's very stoic in itself because, Definitely. you know, getting on with pain without showing pain. That yeah. is the definition. Um, yeah. But also, it's not the best way of dealing with it, I don't think. I mean, it's good because, you know, you get a good performance on the field, but then yeah. off the field and going into games after that, if you're carrying an injury, then yeah. it's and it's bad. And, you know, I, I sometimes feel like I'm getting quite old. I, um, yeah. I play front row. I'm a hooker. So that's, you know, every scrum there's... And I'm not. I'm not the biggest of guys either. There's many people who are a lot bigger than me yeah. that play. Um, and, you know, every scrum, there's a, so much pressure going through my back, through my spine, onto my hips, yeah. um, from my shoulders. Um, yeah. So there's lots of high stress and strain put on my body in that position. Um, so I think there's lots, lots of education that I could have had which would have benefited me yeah. a lot on just simple you know recovery after a game exactly how to just yeah. you know i think the key to not getting injuries is prevention as opposed to recovery after an injury yeah it's exactly. a lot easier to prevent injuries than it is to recover absolutely um, so i think there is yeah definitely a lot of education that people could have uh to help with that yeah yeah and so you know you said earlier you know, when you play play rugby, you do feel quite bulletproof. Um, yeah. I think anyone does, you know. When you step step onto the field, step onto the track, once you're between the white lines, you do have to have a certain air of 
being bulletproof around you in order to get the best performance out of yourself. Yeah, out of yourself. Um, but, you know, take, taking that idea of bulletproof, um, I know in the past you've wanted to go into the military, um, namely the Marines. Where is where are we where are you at with that now? You know, is that um Yeah, so so this is the reason why I um why I went travelling actually. Yeah. Um because I am applying for Royal Marines officer and because it's officer as opposed to you know, just a well I say just a marine, it's because it's officer as opposed to marine, they want you to be more mature, have more life experience, they call yeah. it. Um because you will be leading men, you know, you have normal Marines training is 32 weeks and officers training is 15 months. Yeah. Um, so it's quite a lot longer. Um, and that is because as soon as you pass out, you're expected to lead, you know, around 30 men. Um, and you're not going to help doing that. That's you no. on your own Yeah, exactly. in charge of, you know, around about 30 men or women now. Um, yeah. um, so, you know, it's quite, they expect quite a lot of you going into it. And for me, I didn't want to go to uni. I was kind of finished college or before I finished college, I was bored of education. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to go to uni, but a lot of applicants do go to uni and, you know, officer intake, they do one batch a year, which is around about 60 people um, that they take on. Um, normally there's around 200 applicants, but I got a phone call from the recruiting office a couple of weeks ago saying, that there's been 700 applicants so far, so they've closed applications off for this oh, year. Wow. Um, yeah. And that is definitely down to COVID because people want job security. Yeah. So they're turning to the public sector because there's more security there than the fragile private sector. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they basically said to me that because I'm already in the system, because I started my application two years ago, I think, um, that I could continue with it um, or I could wait but I didn't want to wait. My plan, ideally, pre-COVID, was to travel this year, get some more life experience, um, and then do the same, like, start my application the next year yeah. while I'm doing some more stuff um, to go with it and make me stand out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's not on the cards anymore. I kind of need to do my application this year because even if, you know, I, I don't get in this year, then next year there's going to be 640 people yeah. that applied this year that didn't get it, exactly. that are going to try again next year. Exactly. Um, so I kind of had to go this year. So, um, yeah, I'm at the moment where I'm starting or I'm redoing my medical yeah. um, phase. I've got an eye test on Friday. Um, and then I have my medical after that, which is actually the reason why I kind of took a step back when I was doing my application two years, I got to give my eye test. That was fine. Yeah. Went to my medical and because of my hip injury two years ago, they said, oh, we'll have to double check that. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's notorious. The The recruitment process for the uh, UK Armed Forces is contracted out to a company called Capita. Um, and commonly they're referred to as a crapita just because <laughs> they are useless. And they're so slow, um, you know, it's not the best setup. But again, it's one of these things that is what it is. You have to yeah, exactly. deal with it. Yeah. Um, you know, no point trying to fight it because it's not going to help you at all. No. Um, so, yeah, I'm, 
applying again i've been doing some stuff did my traveling i've been doing a lot of scuba diving to help it yeah um got my coaching now going as well i'm also going to help out with 10 tours this year for the uh the local school where i i did mine yeah um back in the day it was ages ago now yeah no it is it really is strange to think it is strange to think it was nearly five years ago you know that we were finishing finishing secondary school um and yeah, it really, time really does fly by, but you know, mm. you, you know, for for me personally, I certainly get some sleepless nights where I'm thinking back through you know everything that's gone on in the past sort of five six years, um, and realizing almost that a lot of the problems we've had, you know, in past events, you know how small they seem now, and. Um, and what I did to get through them. So I suppose in that sense, stoicism increases with life experience. And so the things that, you know, you've been through, they may have been hard at the time, they may have been the entire world to you at the time, but three, five, seven years later, they're something that you can just brush off quite easily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And earlier on you were talking about how, you know, training in order to improve with your body you break it down every time you train it breaks your body down a bit and then you rest you recover and your body builds itself up so it's stronger than it was before yeah and i think the same is true for the mind very much so absolutely you know something bad happens it puts you down yeah it you know breaks you down a little bit but then you recast you rest you recover yeah and then it builds you up that little bit stronger than you were before absolutely um so i think this is you know part of just building yourself is kind of putting yeah. yourself in rough situations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you, you come out stronger on the other side. Definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, I think we'll call this sort of next bit the final segment, but yesterday was uh, World Mental Health Day. Um, and, you mm-hmm. know, we've obviously just talked then about uh, mental strength and how that can be built up over time. And, you know, uh, we talked a couple episodes ago, you know, uh, with Jake, you know, about men's mental health and everything like that. And so, you know, with that, mate, and with everything that's going on, how are you, you know, from one man to another? How is, how yeah, are you so, doing up top? Yeah, so it's actually interesting you say that because earlier on you asked, like, how am I? Yeah. But it's kind of different to how you just asked it. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, earlier on I said I was fine, but, you know, I am fine, but yeah. slightly stressed out at the moment yeah. from, a, from a mental point of view. You know, financially, I'm not great at the moment. No. I'm, you know, there's lots going on my mind. I've got some family stuff going on. Yeah. Um, you know, there's lots, there is lots going on for me at the moment. Yeah. And COVID definitely isn't hoping, helping. No, I'm quite bored of it at no. the moment. Yeah. Um, and kind of just wants definitely to uh, to get back out yeah. and do normal things that <laughs> that uh, you know we're used to doing. Absolutely. Um, it's an interesting question and not one that I've ever been asked before by anyone. No. Um, you know, no one's asked me that question. Yeah. Um, you know, lots of people talk about it. Yeah. But I think it's something that you know people talk about that but then don't necessarily put into practice. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. 
yeah, interesting. But yeah, you know, same question to you. How? Yeah. How are you doing? I mean, you know, this is the funny thing with blokes. We will ask each other, you know, just how are you doing? Whatever. Yeah, I'm fine. And you know, you say, you know, you're not doing amazingly. You know, obviously quite stressed out. And you know, something. I think if we hadn't asked this question, you know, we'd both remain completely oblivious. But to be honest, mate, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. You know, I'm not, like you say, I'm not doing well financially at all either. Um, that is sort of part and parcel with being a student. Yeah. Um, thankfully, though, I've got a very strong family around me. Um, and, you know, the things they do for me are absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I can't thank them enough. But, you know, this past week, I'm not going to lie, it's been really rough. Probably been my worst week of the year if I'm being completely honest. Um, Tuesday was probably the worst day of all for me. Um, my bike got stolen. Um, a couple of other things, you know, a parcel didn't come, which, you know, it's not a big thing at the time, but, you know, added on top of everything, even the smallest yeah, little thing, up, it really it? does yeah. build up, yeah. Gets on top of you. And so, yeah, you know, like you say, stressed out as well, definitely. Um, <laughs> just want to be back to normal. Um well, whatever normal is now, you know, um, with our classes here, uh, they're all online. So I'm not exactly seeing many people outside of training. And, you know, of course, I'm very yeah. grateful to the guys that I do train with. And we've got some re a really phenomenal training group. Um, but, you know, I'm seeing them for maybe an hour, once or twice a week. Um, oh. So, you know, the the contact outside of, you know, FaceTime, Skype, um, and, you know, Snapchat messages, whatever, it's very limited for me right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm fine, but at the same time, you know, we dig a bit deeper and, yeah. you know, I'm stressed. Yeah, and... it's hard. And you, you raised an interesting point there, that you said that your family's very strong, that they help you out a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, differences between me, you and me there is that, well, at the moment, certainly my family isn't, I mentioned earlier that I've got family problems. It's yeah. um, my granddad, he's struggling with cancer at the moment and oh, chemo, he's just come out of a, a couple of weeks in a coma. Yeah. Um, he had a stem cell transplant, which made him quite ill when he was yeah. on a ventilator and he had um, kidney dialysis. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's not great. And then that obviously puts my mum and other family members they're also not great because of that. So yeah, of I kind course. of don't have a massively strong support network around me at the moment. No. So I've been I've been doing a lot of reading recently. I'm actually reading Ross Edgley at the moment um, about his uh, swim around the UK. Yeah. Um, and about how he, you know, how he became mentally and physically robust enough to accomplish that. And he yeah. raises some really interesting points, actually. Um, one that i've believed in in a long time is that you can put everything in life into two kind of schools of thought there's um stuff that you can directly affect by your actions yeah. and there's stuff that you can't so you mentioned with your bike you know yeah. it's uh it's annoying but you can't Absolutely. do anything about it no, of course. so you can't you know it's not good or bad it just is what it is yeah accept it and move on because there's nothing you can do now exactly yeah. um and you know you can same for me with my granddad you know it's it's, it's annoying it's you know it upsets yeah, me definitely. but nothing i can do so you know 
it's not good or bad. I just have to accept it yeah. and carry on. Do you know, if there's something I can do, then, you know, if pe- people quite often are worried about, you know, their body composition, how they look, yeah. um, especially in today's age, you know, even me, I think that I'm, you know, I would call myself fat. I mean, a lot of people would say that I'm not, but I personally, I look in the mirror and think you've got, you could be a lot better. Um, but that is something that I can change and something that I'm changing at the moment. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to cut my own dick, but you know, I'm getting there, getting there slowly, yeah. surely. Yeah. Um, and you know, so that's something I can change. Yeah, so definitely. I should, I should accept it, but then also I can work with it and do something about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think to be honest, that about does us for today. Um, you know, I'm very sorry to hear about your granddad, mate. Um, and to add to to add to what we just said, you've got my number, you've got my Snapchat. Yes, mate. You you know where I am any time, day or night. You know, um, if you ever need to talk, and that again goes for anyone listening. Um, you know, just reach out. Whoever it is, you know, you know the people around you. Um, and, you know, like I said, a lot of people I know that listen to this podcast. I know personally, um, and you know, I'm always open, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, I feel we've answered the question of how we bounce back from things, uh, how we remain stoic through hard times uh, pretty well. Um, like I say, uh, you know where I'm at if you ever need to talk, mate. Um, yeah. Thanks again for coming on today. And, uh, and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for having me. Cheers, bud. That was Vinnie Clark. Uh, me and Vinnie have known each other for a long time now. Uh, we played many rugby games together. Had a lot of laughs together as well uh, at college in politics. Um, and I hope this show has brought value to you guys. Uh, I hope you're all able to take something away from this. Um, you know, whatever that may be. Thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next one. <laughs>